0: Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me at the moment are Sean and Liam. Hopefully, John will be on a bit later as well. But we'll start off by saying Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you all had a good Christmas and uh, New Year break. And I know we had a week off, so feeling nice and refreshed and looking forward to getting into it tonight and having a chat about Celtic. How are you, Sean?
1: Good, yeah. slainte everyone in Scotland. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit melting here. It's been round about... 40 give or take for the last 10 days so uh sweaty ball weather
0: it's hotter than satan's balls there you go yeah now you lay him well the it's, ocean, the, it's
2: the exact opposite here i went i went to the local 7-eleven this morning to get a drink and i ended up recreating the training montage for rocky 4 that's how bloody cold it is um yeah i I, I was I was without water and electricity for about three hours today because uh, the pipes on the outside of my building froze and then exploded. So that was nice. Um, but apart from that, all good.
1: <laughs> Taste the foam.
2: Aye, as we say in Japan, Arigatou, Omedetot, Happy New Year. So,
1: ah. uh,
0: all right, so everyone, the usual shout like those who have already subscribed on our YouTube channel and also on your podcast app, we appreciate the support. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe, we'd we appreciate that. Um, this shows that the, the show is growing and that you know the listener base is there, so we are uh, like seeing it, it's good to that, uh, and we want um, and if you look on our on our YouTube or anything like that. We've got Celtic Down Under on YouTube, at Celtic Down on Twitter, Celtic Down Under on Facebook, and at Celtic Down on Instagram if you want to follow us on the other social medias there. We've also got our website, CelticDownUnder.com. So what we'll do, I'm going to throw to you first, Liam, because you're our man in Japan. Mm. Celtic has signed. Rare Hatate, Yasuke Itaguchi, and Dezen Maeda. Everyone pretty much knew it was going to happen. That All the talk's been there for months. You called it. I'm going to say the name of the podcast. Liam called it right (laughs) back, right back in. uh, I think it would have been August once Ange got it come in and Kyogo was Mm. in. We asked you, okay, who else is there over there in the in the J League that you think could come to Celtic? Two of the three names that you said at the time Mm -hmm. were Deza Maeda and Rio Hatate. So congratulations, mate. It's good to see. Right. You're way ahead of the curve and I wanna get what was the re- reaction been like in Japan? From what I've heard, there wasn't much initially when it happened because Japan pretty much shuts down for two or three days or something over New Year's. Is that correct?
2: That that is true. However, newspapers still run with a limited staff, kind of the same as the, the UK. Um To be honest, newspapers here are still much more of a thing than they are in Scotland or Australia because we've got an older population here. So people are more likely to read a newspaper than they are to check a website. And um, what really hit to me as to how significant this story is, um, I was watching an English game with my mate who's a West Ham supporter. And while I was watching the game with him, his Japanese wife, who has no interest in football whatsoever, texted him. with a linked to like the one of the newspapers' websites and says, "That that's that team that your mate supports has just signed three Japanese players. It's all over." And apparently, she said it was all over the every newspaper. No, I I didn't read the papers on New Year's Day because I, I was busy with the wife. But um, uh, oh, that sounded very dirty. Sorry, I was having a day out with my wife. Um, but uh. So, yeah, so I didn't actually see the coverage at the time but from from the fact that people who are not Celtic fans and not even interested in football were talking about it I think that speaks to how big an impact this is because it's a couple of things you know one Ange going to the J, going from the J League to a European league and being successful, already winning a trophy, as well as being a great advert for Australian football, as you've talked about before, Jared It's a great advert for the J League as well, because it validates the idea that we can produce good managers. And now, not just one, but four players potentially playing for the same team. A few commentators here have mentioned the fact that um, we are perhaps copying the Wolves model if you look at Wolves, they, when they when they played uh, Man United the other night and beat them, they apparently had I think it was seven or eight Portuguese in the team and their management staff are all Portuguese as well. Um, you know, someone made the suggestion that perhaps Celtic are building a Japanese core similar to the the Portuguese core that is at Wolves and through that you're going to have better Teamwork, better communication. And in the fullness of time, if all the players realise their potential, it's going to benefit their national team more as well. Um, a lot of people in Japan who are not even that interested in Celtic love the idea of four Japanese players playing for a European club that's going to be competing at European level, hopefully, um, and all at the same time possibly playing for the national team. I mean, if you look at it, we've got a a defensive midfielder in Hatate. We've got a central midfielder in Noguchi, and we've got a striker-stroke winger in Maeda. That's the spine of a team there. Then you throw in Kyogo oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Aye, um, you know, that is, if it works out for all four of them here, that is how you know Japan could build their next World Cup squad around those four players quite easily.
0: It's funny That's you it. say that because back in um, back in the day, Australia had a similar thing in the nineties with. Um, the guys at Leeds, where we had mm. Baduka was there, Kuhl, Neil Kilkenny was there. There was a couple of others. So it was like we called up and we'd have three or four players running around playing the English Premier League together and then they'd come back to play for Australia every now and then. And it's good because the players already have that understanding on who's going to – like if Baduka comes this way, Kuhl goes to, goes to run off him. It's going to be the same with Maeda and Kyogo up front. And then you're going to have the two midfielders playing together as well, getting used to it. It's going to be good to see that. But on top of that, there was a story I read. I can't remember. I think it may have been one of the 400,000 posts from Dan Olowitz or whatever it is of the Japan Times where he was saying that there was a club in Belgium that a lot of Japanese guys were coming to originally as an opening club when they leave the J League to get into European mm-hmm. football. They'd go there for a season and then they'd go elsewhere. Now he goes, it looks like Celtic is becoming that bridging club where these guys can come in, establish themselves in Europe, play well, and then in two or three years, sort of find four-and-a-half-year deals, and then in a couple of years' time, make their move on. With a couple of years left on the contract, Celtic will make a bunch of cash, the players will make their move, and then we go to Japan and bring in more players again.
2: Hmm. I like the sounds of that. I was- careful, careful what you read from Dan Orlovitz, though. Knowledgeable guy, but a bit of an attention-seeking drama queen as well. So just just be careful what you. What you interpret
0: from him? I think we're the only Celtic podcast that he hasn't appeared on, for a simple fact that we've got our guy in Japan. We don't need him.
2: I'm on record. I'm, I'm on record. i saying I think the guy's a bell end, but that's another story.
0: <laughs> so, what was your th- your thought, Sean, when the news of those three signings broke just before midnight our time over here in Australia?
1: Um, I thought I was having a stroke uh, when Celtic announced January signings on December 31st. Um, it truly is the post Lawwell era. I had to like get my phone out and check my time zones. I was like, Jesus, this is actually 10 p.m. in Scotland. This was announced. Like, what is going on here? Like, we're make, doing prompt business, and they're not project signings. They're all first team players, uh, uh, arguably. Um, <clears throat> I think we're now well, maybe one or two signings away from having like two what you would classify as first team players for every position. Uh, And then in that way we could be starting to rotate properly rather than having players play like three times a week until their hamstring pins, which is what's been going on so far. Uh, I'm also counting Chris Julian as a new signing based on the press conference we've had in that, but I'm guessing we'll probably cover that later. A lot of what I've been hearing is that um, Maeda is better than Kyogo as a forward player. Uh, and a lot of people are saying, that, oh, yeah, Andre actually would have preferred Maeda. That's his man ahead of Kyogo. And I'm like, well, how much did we pay for Maeda? Was it like 1 point? I know it's a loan to buy, but it's like 1 point...
0: 1. 1.7.
1: 1.7, 1. Hmm. 7, something like that, or whatever it is. Whereas Kyogo was 3.5. So I'm not really buying that based on the transfer fee and the fact that he was the first man in. So I'm not, I'm not really buying that narrative, even though it has been going around. But the guy did finish top scorer in the J-League. Uh, so... And he looks good as well. And he's got Weeks good reputation.
0: Wait, come in the J-League scoring charts third, was it, or fourth? Did
1: that, yeah, he finished third. Well, I, I heard he finished third. I didn't verify joint, that.
2: joint. Well, joint. Um, Actually, second, because there was two two guys that finished third. They finished first, rather. So, second, ah, actually. Well,
1: that yeah. would make him... No, no, that makes him third. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It well, yeah.
2: depends on yeah. how you want to rank it. but like, yeah. yeah. Still, it's good there. Oh, so Yeah, got a
0: okay. here. so... Yeah, we'll discuss what you were saying about Julian and the depth, like two place reposition your that. We'll discuss that in a couple of minutes. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. for me it was – my initial thought when I saw it was, what the fuck is going on here at Celtic? Like, when are we about this organized? That was my initial thought. Yeah. Then my second thought was, Michael Nicholson can stay as quiet as he wants if he's going to move in silence and deliver the goods like this. Yeah. Like – He hasn't come out and said anything. Our board has always been reactive. But the fact of the matter, we've gone out, we brought in three players who are all going to be first-team regulars. Coming in at this window, which also means they're going to be there, had six months to get used to everything. But if we don't win our league, we're going to be there to try and win the league. But if we don't and we come second and we're in the Champions League qualifiers, we're actually going to have a team that's used to playing together for the first time in God knows how long going into that as well. If we win the league and we're straight into the Champions League, imagine the the pre-season tour to Japan and Australia then. Perfect. (laughs) Uh, Happy days for all of us. But just from that regard, I'm like, when are we ever this organised? We're not. So it's it's a good change of pace. I'm loving it. It's good to see. And I will, if I'm constantly going to kick the shit out of the board and say they're useless, then when they do something well like this and arrange it, pay the fees, get all the things ready to go, so when the window opens, hit the ground running, then congratulations to Michael Nicholson, to Hollis, to Ange, anyone involved in these transfers, good job. More of the same, please, going forward.
1: Yeah, Definitely. In, in this next window as well, like just transfers don't have to wait to January and, and August, doing them all year round. Come on, man! Like, was, just because the registration just yeah, just because the registration can't be done till first of January or uh, first thir- of July or whatever it is, doesn't mean you shouldn't be working on it in March and September. It's not down in tools for those months. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you've got other stuff to do, get somebody else to do it. You know, somebody should be focusing on this. It's a onerous task to negotiate transfer fees and uh salaries it's, it's a big task well like any it, as a person if i was getting a teaching job it'd be a big task do you know what i mean like and there's no transfer fee involved like it should be a full-time job i think Is there not like teams at like man united do have a full-time head of recruitment and stuff like that
2: there's a yeah. few teams that do yeah mm-hmm. but Talking about that, actually, I noted that in, he, in his press conference, Maeda mentioned that him and Kyogo had had a chat about Celtic last time they were in the Japan squad together. Mm-hmm. Now, the latest that could have been was October. Mm-hmm. So that tells me that this deal has been at least three months in the making. And it must have already been at quite an advanced stage by then for Maeda to actually bring it up and ask Kyogo about it. Mm-hmm. So... um. You know, that that really, really is good to hear that we've been planning possibly as much as four or five months ahead on this one.
1: And one other thing that was quite funny about it was the Rio when he was getting his flight out of Japan, the, the person that broke the news was the club mascot on Twitter. <laughs> Get
0: you know them in. Mean? Get their mascots in. We'll start, start <laughs> on the mascots next, not the, you know, not, not just the players and the coaches. Bring in some mascots because who be the huddle hands hopeless? These, yeah. these, these, these mascots look awesome. Get them in.
1: I, I want Hoopy to tell me that Albina Yeti's getting on a flight to Bao at some point soon. Come on, Hoopy. Breaking news. <laughs> Are yet, Yeti on her way to Bao. Um, you know what I want to happen? What?
0: Has Hatare arrived in Glasgow yet? Because if he hasn't, uh, he you, has, know yeah. to oh, you know how it's normally Paul the Tim at the airport? Uh, if yeah. the mascot was his last one there, he should have had Hoopy the huddle hound meeting him at the airport. Hatare would have been a perfect way to, you know hand him off from one to the other. That
2: He's would have been gonna... a great photo up, actually. Ah,
1: yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we should be, like, marketing department should be on this. If they're not, they're not doing their jobs. And I don't mean, like, Hitati individually. I mean, as in, we should be looking at new ways and innovative ways to create ties with this Japanese market. We can become, like, every neutral Japanese football fans team in, in Europe and in that Outside of Japan, do you know what I mean?
0: Apparently, on that Sean, there was a um a thing online somewhere that I that I read. I have no idea where it was. It's probably in some newspaper or something like that, or one of those, you know, the articles where they take the Red Tops article and they rewrite it themselves and then share it around on every Facebook group or whatever. It's probably one mm-hmm. of those ones. But it was funny because it said that the top four clubs in Japan. Are always like your Real Madrid, your Barcelona, your Man United, and I can't remember who the fourth one was. But probably, we Bar-
1: probably I was Munich.
0: League. I think yeah, mm. we were fifth mm. on that list. Yeah, yeah. So
1: the Naki- there you go, Nakamura effect. Yeah,
0: Nakamura into the Kyogo and the new boy effect. I love it.
2: And the thing is, that is with minimal marketing and PR over here, because I have seen nothing celtic related in any of the shops over here you know Surely,
1: surely they're going to start selling stuff now
2: i mean i was at the adidas outlet the other day which well on new year's day having a sale which is one of the one of the biggest adidas stores in japan and nothing remotely celtic related um so they really need to get on that um it's there it's for I mean, they had bloody Real Madrid shirts and Man United shirts. You know, you can't tell me the average Japanese is going to be any more drawn to that than a Celtic top for who, any reason other than marketing. You know,
1: who sponsors all the big teams in Japan? Is it like JVC and stuff? Like, who's who can we get on to here?
0: That's what I was about to say, Sean. Like, if you know, we're going to market things over there, then hmm. it's not just about that. We can get rid of DAF about bit. if. I know you guys don't like this the uh, gambling, on shirts. Look what's over there. You've got Kawasaki, you've got Nissan, you've got Mitsubishi. You've got all these car companies. You've got, you know, electronic companies over there. There's heaps of stuff over there. That most very the well established um, economy in Japan, so it could be something we look at as well.
2: Most of the clubs actually in the J League were founded by companies. Um, you know, Kawasaki Frontale is as much named after the Kawasaki, Kawasaki Motorcycle Company as, it, as the Kawasaki City, where they play. Um, Urawa Red Diamonds, their full name is Mitsubishi Urawa Red Diamonds because they were founded by Mitsubishi. Because
0: the red diamonds um, are the Mitsubishi logo, little part.
2: Aye, aye. Um, aye Mitsubishi literally means three diamonds. So, yeah. Huh. Um. So uh, there, there's your be. A bit of a uh, Japanese for today, um, <laughs> and I'll be having my wee bit of Japanese later on when I see the wife. Anyway, um, the uh... I hope she doesn't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Too light. Right, to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said it quietly. No, um, <laughs> the uh, back on topic. Like uh, Rakuten owns um, Vissel Kobe, right? And they, of course, are the team that we signed Kyogo from. Now Rakuten are basically the Japanese Amazon. They are the one. They are the the biggest retail company in Japan, and probably in the top five retail companies in the world. Um, They did have quite a big deal with Barcelona, but I think that's recently been cancelled.
1: I thought it was still doing it. I was about to mention that, but.
2: Um, Right, I don't know. I, I I heard it was under renegotiation because of some uh, how should we say racist behaviour by some of the some of the players, but that's another story which we won't go into. But um, the yeah, that's basically Rakuten is one is are probably going to be either currently looking for or we will be looking for a new European partner soon, and uh, Celtic should jump on that if we can.
1: Barcelona I extend Rakuten shirt sponsorship for 21 22 Right. So how long? How long ago was that? Uh, let me check. Actually, um, it was. Oh, it doesn't have a date on it. Um, are not in the search. But yeah. Um, November twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. That's quite old. That story. Yeah. So right.
0: that's this season currently going, Sean. So, yeah, Liam's probably uh, with the good oil at the moment on that front. Well, will hopefully something happens like that because it'll be great, uh-huh. good market for us to get in, get involved in. Grow us grow our business off the pitch in Japan as much as we are doing our business on the pitch with the Japanese guys and the manager who was over there. So, we're good to see. So, what we'll do now, sorry just,
1: sorry, just before we move on from the Japanese market, I just want to ask Liam uh, mm-hmm. when we release uh, our third kit next year, uh, yeah. which colors is it going to be to target the Japanese market? Ooh, that's it can't a good be one. blue, obviously.
2: <laughs> no, no, I mean white and red would be the obvious one. Something like uh, the shirt behind me here. Maybe. But um, again, that's think, not really... does not that statement
1: work so well on podcast audio only.
2: Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but for, for the benefit of the listeners, there is a Japan Rugby Sevens shirt behind me that is white with a red swirl pattern on it, taking on the colours of the Japanese national flag. Um, but You know, you can also incorporate, like, the the Japanese women's national team use pink, so that's another colour that Celtic have dabbled with before for their third kits. Um, But it's usually blue accented with pink rather than just pink on its own. Um, Yeah, I mean, what we should really do, actually, is perhaps just uh, uh, instead of trying to come up with a new kit, I think we should just push our own kit, our current designs, more in japan because you know uh maeda's former team matsumoto yamaga they wore the green and white hoops for one season apart from that i don't think i've ever seen a japanese team with anything close to the hoops so it's a pretty it would be a pretty unique design to sell in japan there's nothing here that really looks like it so rather than come up with some you know third kit that might be viewed as pandering it's probably better to just push our own designs and try and make them unique from what's already here because most of the J1 teams, at least, their tops are pretty generic, you know. We have another question them.
0: for you as well, Liam. Yeah. On the um, if you went on the Celtic store now and you mm-hmm. wanted to buy a, a top for one of the new Japanese guys, yeah. can you get their top with their name in Japanese or just Kyogo 8, like it currently is, like the one you bought? Because no, yeah. I know when I'm down here at Melbourne Victory, in the League, we had uh, Kiske Honda play for us. Mm. And there was a bunch of tots where you had Honda 4 in English, but then you also had his name in Japanese and 4 on the back, which were getting sold. And there was a lot of Japanese people coming out to games. So mm. just thinking on a marketing thing like that, that's mm. a basic thing you could do as well.
2: A couple of things with that, though, is that in the J League, the names are almost always written in English anyway.
0: Oh, okay, there you go. There
2: goes that So, there. it's not really a What is unusual is that our Japanese guys are using their first names rather than their family names because like Kyogo obviously has Kyogo number 8, but when he plays for Japan, he's known as Furuhashi. It's his Kai Furuhashi on his back. Aye. same with uh, Maeda. You know, he he's Daisen on his Celtic top, but he's Maeda when he plays for Japan. Um but that's a thing which some teams here do like nakamura when he was playing for fc yokohama last season he had shinsuke number 10 on his shirt instead of nakamura so it really um it's a club by club thing but obviously the boys that are playing at celtic for whatever reason be it personal preference or marketing whatever they've all decided to go with their first names rather than their family names which is interesting but um it's maybe also something to do with the fact that in traditional Japanese, you write the family name first, first. and yeah. then the the given name second. So actually, assuming that it's always your second name that appears in the back of your top, Kyogo would be the grammatically correct way to write Furuhashi Kyogo's name, if you know what I mean.
1: Did that dream it, or did we not do that for Nakamura at one point, where we put everyone's name in, in Katakana or whatever? Was that a dream? Did I imagine that?
2: You know, something of that rings a bell. I can't remember exactly. But
1: <laughs> I feel like there was a friendly I, game, like an a, a testimonial or something where they put all the names in Japanese, like every player.
2: I was I know like what like the preseason game in Yokohama or something.
1: Somewhat like that, yeah. I, I feel like maybe um, a, either a, either it was a fever dream or
2: um No, because I, you've, I you've 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 tweaked something there, I can't remember. The circumstances, but I, I remember seeing that at some point because I remember I had a Celtic scarf that had Celtic written in katakana on it. That was, that was interesting. Um, hope they bring those back.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. so I'm, I'm googling just now. And I can't find
2: anything. Uh, I will okay. say, those Celtic's online shop need to get their act together though, because I was trying to order a Celtic ladies top for my for my wife and. Uh, it's all still in pounds. It's all still... It's, it's written in Japanese, but the explanation isn't very clear. And it doesn't seem to handle Japanese credit cards very well. And, uh, yeah, they still have a bit of work to do on that.
0: Yeah. All right. So what we'll do is we'll leave that there. We'll um, jump on to the next thing where we're going to discuss with the transfer window being open. We're going to play a little bit of whether we call it football manager or director of football, probably football manager works. So what we want to do is I want to go around all three of us and we'll start with you, Sean. So I want you to tell us who do you think what's play current players, if you were a manager of Celtic or a director of football at Celtic, who would you be wanting to sell? And what sort of amounts do you think you could get? Who do you think should be loaned out? how many more players do you think we'll sign and what positions do you think we'll be strengthening further? So, mm-hmm. so this ties into where you said earlier about having two players every position.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I do have the squad list up. Um, I'll answer your last question first, as in who should we sign? And I'm, I'm saying we sign uh, a first team ready centre back and goalkeeper. That's uh, the priority for me. Um uh, and then I think we get rid of Barkas and Bane. Although I don't mind if Bane stays so much, but if we get if there was any a swap deal for Sigrist or if there was any money on the table or something like that, but Barkas can just go. Uh, and if we get one in, I'd let Hazard out on loan. Uh, in terms of the defense, Ball and Golly can go. Uh, and I think that's it to leave in terms of loans. Uh, Murray, Urugidi, are both listed as first-team players, they can go on loan. Um, Soro, I'm 50-50 on whether he actually leaves or goes on loan. Um, Mikey Johnson needs to go on loan. Liam Shaw needs to and is going on loan. Ewan Henderson can leave. Karamoko Dembele, unless he signs a new deal, he can leave. Uh, If he signs a new deal, he can go on loan. And... A yeti can leave, and that's it. So who else? Was and that's it. That's my answer. Let's keep it short. And then look uh, at I could start got S- Then Sorry? look at
0: who we've currently got loaned out. Sean. Is oh yeah. Anyone okay. you'd recall? So you've got Ross Doon at Tranmere. Yeah, Connors at Tranmere. Scott Robinson is at Crewe Alexandra. Barry Coffee Cork City. Uh, Luke Connell's at Queens Park. Jonathan Afolabi's at Air United, and Lee Griffiths at Dundee. Would you recall any of them or not really?
1: I would not, no. Uh, I hope Lee Griffiths never comes back, although I hear he might be. Uh, Afalabi, I think if he's not going to do it, I I don't see it happening. The only one I can see out of those seven, O'Connor never played a game for his, but he's got a good pedigree and reputation. From what I've seen of all of those players, Scott Robertson looks the most likely to make it. Luke O'Connell looks like it's a possibility. I've not really seen enough of Leo Connor to judge. His reputation says he might and the rest of them, I don't see it happening.
0: All so, right, Liam. So, who yeah. would you loan out?
2: Right, okay. So, um, starting from goalkeepers and moving forward. Why uh, sell? Just go him. All right, right. Barcass, sell. Time to move on. Ben, I'd be happy to keep as a backup, but if he wants first team football, let him go out on loan somewhere. Um... And I would look to bring in, as a short-term till the end of the season, to see how they do, either Segrist have of Dundee United or Xander Clark of St. Johnson. I think those are two decent Scottish-level goalkeepers who would easily fill the gap if Scott Bain were to go.
0: Yep. Um, Xander Clark's actually had a contract at the end of the season, and mm-hmm. both Dundee United and Aberdeen are currently offering him pre-contracts.
2: That makes sense. than that. He's, he's well, better than that though If he doesn't go to Celtic it, He should go to a, 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 I'd, I'd say he should go to An English Championship team Rather than that I think he would get more money And uh, probably play at a better standard
1: I, I Aberdeen and Dundee United Offer good money sometimes Like
2: uh, I mean it'll I mean, depend It'll depend expensive. Especially if, if there's If there's no signing on fee Then obviously they can pay him more But um, but was, I, I just think that he's, he's a better keeper Than that level To be honest And if he wants to be the Scotland keeper in the future because that's a vacancy that is going to come up in the next couple of years with, uh, you know, our two main keepers being old and getting older. I think, uh, you know, he needs to be probably playing in England realistically if he's not playing for Celtic or Rangers. Um, Anyway, right. So that's the goalkeeping situation done. Uh, Connor Hazard, I would send out on loan. Or if we get a good offer, sell him because I'm not convinced he's going to make the grade long term. Uh, keep Ross doing out on loan. He seems to be doing well and getting experience, and he's still young enough that time will tell with that one. Um, right, defenders. Ball and can GTF as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think that uh you know in Hatati we've got we now have two effective left backs now that we've got Hatate and Greg Taylor and Taylor's. Taylor's a good worker. Never really, you know, he's a, to me he's a consistent six or seven out of ten every time he plays. Never going to win man of the match, but he, very rarely is he the one that lets you down either. Um, so I'm quite happy of him as a backup. Uh, Centre of defence. Now, this is all going to hinge on Julian, but we're not sure if Julian will be the player that he's going that he was when he comes back. And even then, I fully fit Julian was still at times for me suspect. Right. So, I would go back in for someone we were linked with in the summer. I would go to Man City and I would try and get Koei Takura on a pre-contract because I believe he's on loan at Schalke at the moment, but his Man City contract expires at the end of the season. So, we could get Koei Takura on a pre-contract if we acted now. And there's your tailor-made centre-back who... We could bring in if ultimately Starfield doesn't make the grade or if we don't manage to secure Carter Vickers or if uh, uh, Julian comes back and he's not the player he was before, then that's another ready-made replacement option. I think centre-back is is something that could wait until the end of the season, but it is an issue we should look to address Um, long-term. Right-back... Ralston-Uranovic, that position's covered as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Midfield, we now have an assortment of midfield options. Uh, I think of the the current crop, no, I would say keep everybody we've got for the time being, and uh, I would uh, look at possibly putting the likes, like you said, likes of Henderson can go if he wants to, uh, Liam Shaw should go out on loan um, he's a defender rather than a midfield but yet yeah, Urugide should go out on loan to get some more experience, he's raw but there's a potential there um, and I think that uh, it's going to depend but I'm beginning to wonder about the future of James Forrest I'm not sure whether he fits into these plans now that we've got Maeda who is a very similar but in my opinion younger and better player um, so, yeah, I'm not sure about um, about Forrest long-term. I think he's a good guy to have in the squad, but I don't know if he's going to be an automatic first pick moving forward. And um, so on the strikers, hopefully we can get Jota tied up permanently. And we could then go with potentially a front three of Jota, Kyogo and Maeda. That would be my ideal setup. But then you've also got the option of a bada coming in on the wing. As I said before, you've got James Forrest who can step in when need be. Uh, Ajete, his time is up. Um, Much the same vein as Barkas. I think there's a player in there, but I don't think we're going to see that player at Celtic. I think that his, his, his time's run its course. He's a decent... You know he'll he'll be a decent player for somebody, but but not for us, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, did I miss anybody?
1: I don't think so.
2: Okay. Right, I guess that's over. to You then, Jared, if you're with us.
0: All right. So for me, it'd be pretty simple, very similar to what you boys were saying: Barkers, Salim, Hearts our, our number one. Bane, I'm not. I've never been a massive fan of him. Connor Hazard, uh, I think he needs to go on loan. Um, if Bain stays, then I want to see the young kid from the Colts on the as the third stringer still playing the Colts with Bain as a backup and Joe Harding goal. Defenders, centre-back, Julian, Taylor, Starfelt, Scales, Carter Vickers, they're all good to stay. All on golly, gone. who needs to leave? Ira out on loan. Dane Murray. I'm 50-50 on whether to loan him or keep him around because I think the improvement that he will get just practicing against guys like Maeda and Kyogo, week in, week out, might actually be better for him development-wise than if he was to go on loan and play somewhere like St. Johnson or something like that where they're struggling. So I'm 50-50 on him. Monty, Rolston, Welsh, Juranovic, all good to stay. And then Hatade, obviously. Midfielders, Biton, it's good. Turnbull, McCarthy, Jota, Rogic. They're good to stay. Uh, Liam Shaw on loan. Rather than go to Motherwell than St. Johnson. Sorrow. I'm I think his time's up, to be honest with you. Especially with Hitagucchi coming in. With the form Bittons found himself in and then with McCarthy there, I don't really see a spot for him in the squad. So if we can pick up a couple of million for him, great. Mikey, I would have said keep because we're short on wingers, but now that Made has come in, who can play left wing as well as a striker and then also with uh, Jota due back soon as well. I don't really see Mikey at third string left, uh, left wing. I'd rather him go out on loan and play, do the Ryan Christie thing, go out, get a run of games bulk up a bit and come back. Uh Kalmac would like to see pushed more up into a number eight position instead of a six. Especially with the new signs like Ida Gucci or who can play as a as a six and you will got bit on with the form he's been in. So Forrest is good. Henderson's going. Karamoko Um's a new deal, I'd I'd loan him out. But at the same time who knows what he wants to do at the moment. And then forwards. Get yeah, Jacomakus back and actually fit. We'll finally get to see what he's all about. Furahashi's good. Bard is good. Maid is good. Yet he needs to leave, which gives us four strikers. Um do we need another striker? No, because we normally only play with one in the middle. So I'd be happy with that sort of lineup where you've got three main strikers. The only concern would be if, say, we have an injury crisis again and then that stretches us a little bit. But, yeah, maybe we need one more there. But at the same time, I'd rather Owen Moffat be given a chance or someone else be given a shot there than – or bring back Afalabi from loan. There you go, Sean, just for you. Uh,
1: Of the guys guys on
0: loan – Ross Doohan needs to keep playing. Funny thing is, Doohan is the same age as um, – what's his name? Hazard. Pretty much it looks one year different. So I'd rather them both get loaned. O'Connor, I don't see a, a pathway for him anymore. He's got the good pedigree, but is he going to push Joranovic out of right back? Is he going to push Ralston out of right back? No. Nah. So – I don't know, maybe he just didn't I think maybe he could be sold with a nice big chunky sell on fee on top of that. If we're gonna bring back anyone from loan, I'd be bringing Robertson back. Barry Coffey's one for the future still. Luke O'Connell. I hope he gets a chance, but I doubt it. Lee Griffiths. Talk is Dundee's gonna be releasing him back to us with a release in the transfer window. If he comes back, don't even let him back in back into our Linux town. Just so tear up your contract, get out, see you later, go play in the MLS or something. There's no place for him at our club. Uh, what positions do we still need to strengthen? Maybe centre-back. Depends on Julian. I love what you said earlier, Liam, about Kobe Takura. I was going to mention him when we we're talking about the Japanese guys. I still think he would be ideal as a left-sided centre-back because that means if we sign him, and Julian can also play left centre back. Starfield won't have to play out of position, which will get rid of half of your headaches when watching Celtic play Sean. <laughs> so that'll be been nice, by the like,
1: all, all of my.
0: <laughs> so realistically, the only things I look at in our squad now and go, what players do we need? Potentially a centre back, potentially a right winger. Because Forrest has been injury prone the last few years. Karamoka's out. Abada has played so many games already. Are we going to play Maeda left and push Jotter out right? Maybe that could work. That could be a possibility. But that's the only one other position I think we could potentially need to strengthen the rest of the season.
2: thing is, Maeda can play left or right. I've seen him do both. So
0: um, there is that option. Doesn't surprise me. So what we'll do then? We'll go around as a as a team then, and quickly just go. We'll, we'll call with the current squad we've got who our ideal starting lineups are. If there was a game this weekend, so we'll start with goalkeepers. We'll just say who we'd pick there. So for me, Joe Hart.
2: Hart. Joe Hart, no question.
0: Okay, at defense, we know it's a four three three we're playing. So, right back, I would pick Ralston. Center backs would be Carter Vickers and Staffelt, and right back, uh, left back, I'd be putting in Liam Scales.
1: Mm. Mm, Interesting. I'd be Ralston, Julian Vickers, and Taylor.
2: Mm. Assuming full fitness, uh, Juranovic at right back. Center backs Carter Vickers and Julian, left back Hatati.
0: And then midfield for me, it would be Kalmak, Um Rogic,
1: and probably Itaguchi. So um, I'm not. I'm going to reserve judgment on Hitati because I've not seen him but so I'm just gonna if it was this weekend it would be uh Beton, Kalmak on Kalmac and Rogic I I know I've left the Japanese boys out there but I I don't have any judgment on their best positions yet. Hmm. Uh
2: Kalmac and Rogic
0: and then the front three for me if it was this weekend so that rules out Jota It'll be Maeda, Maeda out left. We don't know how Kyogo is with his hammy, but it'd be putting him in the middle if he's fit. A barter out right.
1: Oh, because it's a hypothetical, I'm just going to include Jota. Uh, so, so I would just say uh, Jota, Kyogo and Maeda.
2: I would agree with that. Aye. Jota, Jota, Kyogo, Maeda.
0: I would have done the same, but I did say if the game was this weekend. So that was the only reason I did that.
2: Maybe they're nice. Jota is
0: not going to be back till February. So oh, that bad, jeez. Oh. Yeah, apparently mm. had a setback. That's what I read somewhere.
1: Mm.
2: Right, I've got a wee actually on that. I've got a wee question I want to put to you guys. Right, with the uh, the formation, consider that um, two of our three Japanese boys are coming in from teams that played a three-five-two last year, and Ange has dabbled with that formation in the past. Now that we've got Hatati on one side and Juranovic or Ralston on the other, should we consider switching to a three-five-two?
1: I've still got P- so. PTSD from Neil Lennon playing it, so I'm, I'm yeah. I don't think <laughs> so,
0: for the simple fact that he likes to have the you know the left back, right back duck in as into the midfield. So mm. if you've got three centre backs, why would you need to do that? Mm. So point, it'd be yeah. a complete change of the way he's trained everything up to this point, it's good Mm. to have options. But if Ralston's playing well because he doesn't need to get to the byline and rip in crosses all the time, he can tuck Mm. in and be another midfielder. Atate at left back would be great doing the same thing. So Mm. I don't really see why we'd change from that setup to to have three centre-backs because what would they do? Would they still need to duck in?
1: Probably not. When we played that against St Johnson, the the left and like Starfelt and Welsh were pushing into midfield with the ball, like as an option and particularly when they had possession. So like Scales and Ralston were effectively wingers. I know yeah. I know and I know the personnel thing. Oh sorry, rich But I know I know the personnel thing was down to um you know, yeah, COVID card. and injuries, you know. And I think that's why we played 3-5-2. It was just due to availability as well. Um, but it, the only reason I think it was, like, I would have said it was a one-off if it wasn't for the fact that just before the game, there was a Callum McGregor interview where he specifically said that they were talking at training, at looking at ways of how to uh, get past the low block that teams were playing just after, you know. So between that now 0 game with St. Mirren and beating St. Johnson with a 3-5-2, McGregor gave an interview where he was saying that they were looking at different options during training. So that's the only reason why I think there might actually be something to what Liam's asking. And it wasn't just a personnel thing. If it wasn't yeah, it for that McGregor.
0: Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me having so many weeks to train during this break. It wouldn't surprise me if Ange comes out and there's like two more formations that we've been training our asses off, getting used to. And now he's got, you know, three or four options he can throw at it. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened at all. So, yeah, I'm just thinking it would all depend on what the what the things are. If we're going to play a 4-3-3 with the guys tucking in, great. If we're going to play a, a 3-5-2, then they'll be wingers. Great, they, they don't need to tuck in. So, if you're going to do that, then it would probably be Hitate and Juranovic. It wouldn't be – you wouldn't play Ralston in that situation. So, it's all going to – Still all going to be horses for courses, basically. But as you said earlier, Sean, we're getting towards a point where we have two players for every position. So that gives that gives Ange and all of our Celtic fans heaps of options to have a look at.
1: I, I think you need to be careful with the option A, B, C thing. Uh, we're like players and particularly, obviously coaches, but players as well need to be fully aware of why uh, we have these options and, and what situations we're going to use them. So, obviously, we all know Brendan Rodgers had his rigid 4-3-3, or whatever you want to call it, uh, formation. But then if we went down to 10 men, the players knew, right, straight away, we're 4-3-2 now. This is the way we play. This is what we're doing. You know, and and they know this is the situation where we use this formation. Whereas when you look at Neil Lennon and his chopping and changing formations, it was like, well, it's 60 minutes and we've not scored. Let's just try another one. Do I mean, it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have to be like, right, these guys are playing a low block, or they're playing uh, overlapping fullbacks, or they're playing two up front. And you need to, you know, your formations need to be tailored to what the opposition are doing or what the situation is. It can't just be, well, this isn't working, so let's try something else. That that just the recipe for failure, because then it's all
0: situational. Just,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah right. exactly. But you need to be it needs to be explicit. Otherwise, it's just a act of desperation, just cycling through, you know, your different options, and that doesn't help
2: Otherwise you Adapt, get to the point adaptive so rather than speculative, yeah.
0: So yeah, you don't want to get to the point where you're just going, oh, okay. There's five minutes to go. Let's let's throw Carter Vickers up front as a target man. You don't want to <laughs> end up that way.
1: Marvin Andrews. That was the classic hunt tactics. Just take Marvin Andrews up top.
2: Well, that goes all the way back to Colin Hendry. They tried it once with him as well. I remember that. Hmm. <laughs>
0: All right. So what we'll do is we'll just jump on to a couple of other things. We touched on it earlier, but apparently Celtic is rumoured to be in advanced talks with Benfica to make Jota's loan deal permanent. Six and a half million pound is the rumoured fee. Uh, but apparently we're also in talks with Tottenham to make Camerata vickers loan permanent. That'll be the fee you're hearing reported is anywhere between two million to ten million, but the consistent figure there is about six million pound. So. Realistically, if both of them happen, there there goes about another 12 and a half, 13 million pound there out the door. Now, the funny thing is, if you look at all the financials for the last 12, 18 months, Angela would have spent, if, that, if those two moves happen and we don't bring in anyone else, we would have spent 30 thirty, thirty I think it was 30 to 35 million pound Angela would have hmm. on the rebuild so far.
1: Yet, How much do we bring in, though?
0: That's what I was going to say. Yet you think, oh, that's a lot to spend, but would still be in the negative in terms of we brought in thirty six and a half million in the same time.
2: Aye.
0: So it was thirty six or thirty seven million. So it's unbelievable the fact that if those two are permanent, there'll be fifteen players and just brought in. Yet we're still operating with a deficit in our favour. Unbelievable.
1: It's interesting that Iyer is not getting a game for Brentford, but Edward and Christy are both ripping it up. That's interesting.
0: I wouldn't have thought but, that. I thought Edward would be sitting on the bench and Christie doesn't surprise me because he's playing the championship, but
1: we're they're, they're top of the table. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth are top of the table. So he is ripping it up with them. But Edward's playing every game. He's actually been put out in the wing a couple of times as well. Um mm-hmm. to let uh, other players get a game up front. Um but yeah. Iros played like seven or eight games, something like that. He's been on the bench.
2: Hmm. I uh, of the three, I, I, I thought he was the one that would have seen the most first-team football. To be hmm. honest,
0: especially with the level uh, of club he went to as well. Like you'd think, going to Brentford, who's just come up, you know, and they're signing a uh, centre-back for a lot of for a club record fee, he'd be one of their main guys. But oh well, not our concern. We got our money from him. I'd like to see him play well, so if he does make a move, we get a sell-on fee, but at the same time, yeah, no big deal. He's not wearing the hoops anymore. I'm not overly fussed by it.
2: No, I don't wish him ill, but I'm not particularly cared about what he does either, so, yeah.
0: All right, so we touched on it earlier about Lee Griffiths potentially returning from Dundee. Don't want that to happen. Now, there was two other rumours. Looks like one of them was pretty much done. Johnny Kenny from Sligo Rovers, young striker, and Charlie, I think it was Charlie Nicholas, comes out saying that Celtics should try and sign a bit of Stardust and sign Cesc Fabregas from Monaco. Um, Two things on the Fabregas thing. One, that would completely kill our wage structure if we were to bring him in because he's not going to come cheap. And if he comes in... 34 years old, not having played much, who's he going to come into the squad for, first of all? And second of all, if he comes in and doesn't perform and he's earning so much money, then people are going to be like, well, why am I being paid that much if I'm, or more because I'm outperforming him? It's kind of the same way I looked at last year with, I reckon, Ayer in particular. Duffy come in earning how much? I would have been earning less than him but outperforming him. So, yeah. No thanks on Fabregas, even though he's a big name. What are your thoughts, Sean?
1: Oh, hard pass on Fabregas. Uh, and I'll back my case up with two words. Freddie Lundberg. Um Yeah, over the hill, not going to do it. Nah. Charlie Nicholas
0: says we need a new Lubo. That was why he said it.
1: Uh, uh, Fabregas could not clean Lubo's boots. He's a shadow of Lubo. Uh, nah, has been and everyone knows it. Uh Kenny, just another another one of those production line, Luca Connell, Leo O'Connor, File, John Joe Kenny under there. Uh, not John Joe, but Johnny Kenny, sorry. You be careful with yeah. that. So yeah, File under Connell, O'Connor, Afalabi, etc.
2: Well, if anybody could empathize with not knowing when to chuck it, it's Charlie Nicholas. Um yeah, I was I was actually gonna use the Freddie Jungberg example as well. Um Fabregas, great player on these days, would still do a job for probably most teams in Europe, but nah. Nah, it's um we've built a good team at the moment and we've built it on a good structure where everybody knows their role and everybody has a a sense of camaraderie and a sense of togetherness. And like Sean said, if you if you bring and some some big shot on those kind of wages, it's just going to blow all that apart, and it's going to ruin a lot of the goodwill that's been built up amongst the team in the last six months. So it's not worth it, especially for a guy who, you know, could very well just come in for six months and then just leave doing the Roy Keane thing, saying, "Oh well, I can tell everybody I played for Celtic." You know, nah.
0: For me, all wish him okay. well, but that's, not for me. It's the same with um with Griffiths on that regard for me, where it's. It's not the money for him, it's more the culture that we've built and the togetherness. There's a big thing in Australian sports they call it no dickheads policy in <laughs> teams. You don't want any dickheads in there and Griffiths is 100% from that draw. Fabregas, I don't know if he would be that, that way inclined, but the amount of issues, like as we said, with the pay and that, if he came in on big bucks, didn't perform other people, they're going to be... You know, get their get that wind up their ass and be like, "Hang on, if he's earning more now, they're gonna act like dickheads wanting more money, and then it causes trouble." So it's not worth it.
1: I'm just looking up now, and Fabregas has played five games this year for Monaco this season, and he's 35 at the end of the season.
0: It's a hard no for me.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, boys. We'll just start to wrap the podcast up here. Final thoughts. Sean, I'll throw it to you
1: first. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout-out to my, my old man, uh, my dad, Paul, who listens to the podcast every week. He got me a signed Celtic jersey for Christmas. Uh, it's from about – this is from the Strachan era, around about 2006. And I'm trying to figure out who all these signatures are. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to post a picture on Twitter and hopefully anyone that's still listening at this point to the podcast can jump over there Uh I can't actually remember my Twitter handle, but I'll tag at Celtic down. Uh, I think I'm Sean Down Under. Sean and, down under, yeah. Yeah, and anyone that can help me identify the signatures, uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. I can pick out a few of them. Uh, Scott Brown, Arthur Boric, Shinsuke Nakamura, Scott McDonald, it's that kind of era. So anyone that can help me translate, that'd be much appreciated before I get it framed.
0: We'll put it on the, um, the picture up on our Facebook group as well for you, so people can comment on there.
1: Nice one! Thanks a lot.
0: I'll go next with the um, my final thought. It's kind of ironic, since as as I saw the news. You know, um, Rangers signing a player whose surname is Sands. Like, how good is that? Do you think the shirt sales for that are going to go through the roof? Highly doubtful. So that's please, all I want please
2: tell me his first name's Robert. Please tell me his first name's Robert.
1: <laughs> I think it's Jamie or something. James? Yeah, is that
0: right? I was gonna, <laughs> gonna check it, but Yeah, it's um Yeah, James Sands, 21 year old who can play center back or is it offensive midfielder, you've got to set to join on an eighteen month loan deal from New York City with an option to buy, so not guaranteed, an option to buy, so he's free for eighteen months. Typical skinko, Even though they're making, was it ten million on the Patterson deal? No Allegedly, cash. yeah. Allegedly. And over to you, Liam. What's your final thought?
2: Yeah, I was actually just going to comment on that. The the beauty of the undisclosed fee. Um, there is no way Everton paid sixteen million for Nathan Patterson. He is a, a player of a lot of potential. I think he's a. Potentially a very, very good player. But he's only played 15 games for Rangers. Nobody in their right mind pays anywhere near that amount of money for someone who's only played 15 games for Rangers. Doesn't matter who they are or how good they are. Um, This is yet more manufactured crap from the press. And we as Celtic fans need to stop buying these rags. Stop buying the Daily Record. Stop buying The Sun. Please stop feeding this cycle of garbage. Thank you.
1: And also, just before we go, in case anyone hasn't heard, the latest uh, rumour is that full crowds will be back for the Hibs game on the 17th of February. Uh, Excellent. That's
0: because I was just reading before that the club, a few clubs are threatening to go play down at Sunderland's Field and down in Newcastle across the English border so they can have crowds. So apparently that's something that's being looked at.
1: Well, yeah. well, understandable.
0: So understandable. if we have to? We'll go play down at Sunderland cuz the Duff about link. There you go, that'll work.
2: There's <laughs> a, nice any... a nice big 45,000 seat Olympic stadium about 20 minutes up the road from my house if uh, Celtic want to come over and use it, they're always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> 100,000
0: seat just down that way over there, MCG if they want to, or a little bit further along there's a um Five and a 5,500 seater called South Melbourne Football Stadium down in Albert Park where, you know,
1: Ange played back in the day. There you go. I, I reckon There's they options. could fill, fill the MCG for a South Rangers game.
2: Oh, I
0: Yeah, potentially.
1: Would be, I, I would, would
0: be interesting yeah. to see how, how that played out. I wouldn't want to see that many, you know, it would be like an episode of The Walking Dead.
1: Oh, oh, it'd be chaos. We'd have to bring in police from all over the world to manage that many, but yeah.
0: Uh, I wouldn't want that anyway? Because, you know, our cops over here are pretty bad for the uh, football fans, so yeah.
2: hmm.
0: All right, so everyone, thanks for listening in again. Uh, John is going to be on. Looks like it didn't happen, so hopefully we'll get him on next week, Johnny. Got a couple of questions waiting for you from our Q&A that I asked, so yeah. Have a good one, everyone. Stay safe. How hell? Hell
2: hell. Hell hell.